athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. Thank you for joining me on another edition of Box to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Big week in the world of sports. UConn winning the men's national championship, but it paled in comparison to Sunday's national championship game between LSU and Iowa. And a lot came out of that game. I mean, a lot, and it's still residuals with Angel Reese of LSU, with Caitlin Clark of Iowa. The First Lady Jill Biden has gotten into the equation. So, so much is going on. And uh, uh, Look, I had a great time in Houston. Uh, the HBCU All-Star Game was played on Sunday over at Texas Southern. It was my first time in Houston, my first time at Texas Southern. I'm going to tell you what, the, the, the flavor in the city of Houston is... It's it's great. The, it, it's 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 beautiful, right? Like I was in those that know Houston or live in Houston, gonna know I was down on you know on the third in the third ward after the game, walking the Alameda a little bit, and I stopped by a um, a place, a Turkey Leg Hut, I think was the name of the place. It was packed, man. I'm telling you, the food was was good, um, but just the vibe of the city, like there's different vibes with respect to the city. It's a it's it's a great place, but had a great time. But one of the things that I didn't like, and somebody actually pointed it out to me on uh, on social media, and I never really thought about it because when you're in the midst of doing something, you don't really think about these things. But the HBCU All Star Game was going on at the same time as the Women's National Championship game. So I'm going to comment as much as I can. On Angel Reese, on Caitlin Clark, on LSU, on Iowa, on Jill Biden, all of it, um, or First Lady Jill Biden, all of it, as much as I can. But, I mean, if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know I'm about context. So what's the context of actually what happened? And we'll talk about it. I'll I'll try to lay it out the best I can because I didn't see the game. I was calling the, the HBCU All-Star game. Why in the world? The HBCU All-Star Game and the, uh, the the Women's National Championship Game is going on at the same time. I, I get it, it's in different cities, Dallas and Houston. I, mean, I get it, but like why? I mean, somebody. I mean, something's got to got to give here. Um, you know, so um, I don't I don't know that that happened last year. I can't remember if it did or not. But 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 the other thing is, look at women's basketball. Like remember, uh, you know, I had. Um, we were talking with Brenda Freeze uh, a couple of weeks ago, the head women's basketball coach 
at Maryland. And, you know, I asked her about just the growth of women's basketball within the last, I don't know, I think I may have asked her her thoughts in the last three to five years. Forget about that. Let's talk about within the last year. And we can get more specific. Uh, specific. We can talk about within the last, this season. I mean, it has just grown, I think, even with everything that's happening with Reese and Clark and Iowa and LSU and all of those things, it's helping to grow the game. You got a little controversy, right? Like it's not, you know, you got a little controversy going on in women's basketball. And, and, and listen, it was already doing well before this controversy, right? So I think this is a good thing, and I'm glad to see it. Um, you know, we wanted to, and in, in, in if you've listened again to this program, you know, generally speaking, um, and we just did, we weren't able to do it this year because of scheduling and when the HBCU teams, the women's teams from the respective HBCU Southern uh, was in the tournament and uh, Norfolk State. So we just weren't able to get the respective coaches on for the program because of when those two teams played. But in years past, when the, the teams were playing on Saturday, oh, we'd get them on. We'd get the coaches on. You know, we had um, uh, Coach Reed from Jackson State, who's done a really good job on what a couple of years ago uh, when Jackson State one, I think, I can't remember if it was the first or the second of the back-to-back SWAC tournament championships. So we've, we've done that for quite some time uh, in terms of women's basketball. But now, I mean, you know, it's growing so much in, in within the last year. And look at where we are now. Uh, so a lot going on there. And I'm going to get to it today on, or more today, on the program. NBA season is over. And... We know what teams will be in the playoffs. We know which teams will be in the play-in. And I think it's brilliant to have a play-in game. Like, when this play-in format was first talked about several years ago, I'm a guy I'm a guy who's professional sports to the fullest. Right? Like, all the, you know, some of the different changes we're seeing in Major League Baseball, I mean, I think are good. I mean, I'm not going to talk about Major League Baseball a whole lot. We probably, you know, look, you know, Major League Baseball needs to do a better job of growing its game. It's not doing a good job of marketing its game well at all. Some of these changes may help. I don't know that it's going to help to market the game. I mean, I think they think it'll help to market the game to younger people. People, younger people, <clears throat> excuse me, will now come around to watch uh, baseball specifically on TV. I don't know about that. Major League Baseball does a poor job of marketing, a sorry, poor job of marketing its game. I will say I like the pitch count deal because it does make the game go a little bit faster. But and I can't remember if they implemented the international rules where after after um, when you get into extra innings and you put the 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 the, uh, the man on second base. I think that's that that's bush league to me. Right when you're talking about Major League Baseball, well, getting it back to the NBA, um, I, I, again, I, I, I'm not going to say that when I first heard about the implementation of the playing situation that it was bush league, but I thought, I mean, hey, if you, you know, <clears throat> either you get into the playoffs or you don't. But I think that that element of it is is really really good. I mean, I think that was very very it was brilliant on the part of. Uh, of Adam Silver and the NBA to implement the play-in situations. You got two play-in situations. You got a situation where a team 
uh, one of the, the higher seats or what is it, the top, I think it's, it's uh, the top 10, and then seven through 10. So like seven, I think, or an eight get first round or they, they have to win two out of three or if they lose the first game, then they have to play another game or, or whatever. And then meanwhile, with that, that true play-in game uh, with a 9-10 meets, the loser of that game is out. So, I, you know, I like that format. Like, I think that's a really, really good format. But we know who's in. We know who's in the play-in. We know who's not. Um, you know, once again, for all of my Washingtonians, WH, you listen to us on uh, WHBC, uh, which is the HD3 channel of WHUR. Uh, man, and just to all the Washingtonians listening, or, or the all the Washington Wizards fans, I should say, listening nationwide. I mean, it's just been, it's just another disappointing season for the Washington Wizards. I mean, the Wizards who have Kyle Kuzma, who have uh, Bradley Beal, um, and who have Kristaps uh, uh, Porzingis could not even make the play-in game. After giving Bradley Beal the five-year, <clears throat> what, $250 million contract where he was hurt a good majority of the season, couldn't even make the play-in. Ah, that, that you know, I, something's got to change. Now, you could say, okay, well, you don't make the play-in, so you get a higher seed lottery pick. The problem with the Wizards is they haven't picked correctly with these first-round picks. Ever. I mean, well, not ever, but probably since Bradley Beal was the last time the Wizards picked correctly with the first round pick. So you can talk about the first round pick all you want. You know, um, my thing was when they made the, I mean, and the Wizards made the trade for Porzingis. I thought, I'm like, okay, that's great. Now the Wizards will sort of have a big three. If Porzingis can stay healthy, the Wizards got a shot. And look, I think considering how Porzingis is, career has gone and for this season yeah he was nicked up a little bit he was out uh, a little bit but man for the for a good part of the season he was present like Bradley Bill wasn't present like Kyle Kuzma was consistent but listen those three in of themselves are a solid big three but it but th- you still need some of the pieces around them in 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 their okay pieces but they're not great pieces so you know what are the wizards going to do moving forward that's a that's a question you know if you're a wizards fan like what are you going to do moving forward how, how do you you know Kyle Kuzma probably doesn't come back Porzingis is still under contract you've got uh I don't know if now Bill's deal I'm not sure if it was an extension so it, you either have four or five and I don't know if, in other words was this the first year of the five-year deal or was this the I think this was because he was a free agent so this this was the first year so you've got four more years with Bill who what 30 now uh you know you you start to get there in age and uh you know he's he's been beset by injuries the last couple of years like what are you gonna do there so you know I look at I look at the Wizards what about your team? Did your team make it? Look, I love what Sacramento is doing. You know, we had Mike Wallace, senior editor of Grind City Media, on a couple of weeks ago, um, or or it was either a couple of weeks ago or last week. We talked about the Grizzlies. You know, they're in contention. Like my team ain't in it. What about your team? Is your team in it? What What do you think your team is going to do? And look, 
I would have loved to even for the Wizards to be in the play the play in situation. How exciting is that? Let's go back to two years ago when the Wizards were in the playoff play in uh, series, and guess who it was that led them even to get there and then to the victory. It was Russell Westbrook, who everybody's been dogging the last couple of years. Yeah, but two years ago when he was in Washington and helped lead them, maybe not. I, I get it. It wasn't to the. Uh, it wasn't like a playoff win. Uh, or series win, but when you're a Wizards fan, man, you just want to be in the play-in game. I promise you, okay? So, anyway, we'll talk more NBA. We'll talk more Angel Reese. We'll talk more Caitlin Clark. We'll talk more LSU. We'll talk more Iowa. We'll talk more First Lady Jill Biden. Plus, still to come here on the program, as a matter of fact, joining us in the next segment, Isaiah Land, now formerly a Florida A&M linebacker and defensive end, was in the NFL's scouting combine, played in the Reese's Senior Bowl as well as the NFL draft coming up a couple of weeks ago. He's going to join us on today's program. Sit back, relax, and enjoy as Box to Row rolls on. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 800-303-3398. 800-303-3398. That's 800-303-3398. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. Are you worried about your taxes? Okay, so I'm talking to those of you out there that have not filed in a few years with the IRS or state. It's time to get worried, and here's why. The IRS is getting back from their own COVID lockdown, and they're hiring more enforcers, and they're going to come after people that owe taxes. So if you're a 1099 worker, and maybe you just plain forgot to file your taxes, you need to call the professionals right now at the tax helpline. They are experts at knowing the tax regulations and their goal is to help you pay as little as possible. Call right now and get a 100% free tax evaluation. Remember, before the IRS knocks on your door, knock on our door. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, make this free call right now. Call taxes 321 now at 800-797-0891. 800-797-0891. That's 800-797-0891. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Press Box. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. 
welcome back to Box to Row. You can join us on the conversation. Hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on my personal Twitter account at Dware one at Dware one So let's discuss. It, it, there's a lot of layers to the Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark situation. There's a lot of layers here because now you have the first lady, Jill Biden, who's uh, kind of come in and, and really suggested that both LSU and Iowa visit the White House. And we know that it's only for the champions that come and visit the White House. She's uh, since walked that back through the I don't I don't know if it's the White House press secretary, but uh, but those comments have been walked back a little bit by her and I think a lot of people I mean when I initially heard that I'm like no no that's not how I you know and I I didn't I didn't look at it and I'm not but I didn't look at it from a situation where I know Angel Reese has tweeted about okay well if that had been us as LSU mostly black players um, we would not have been invited to the White House in addition to Iowa had Iowa won the national championship. I really didn't look at it like that. I just looked at it as uh, from two perspectives uh, from what the first lady was saying, was uh, could have been implying. I don't, I don't know what she, why she was doing that. It, it, you know, maybe it was, she's seen the controversy uh, between Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. And so she wanted to do like maybe what president Obama did. You remember when he, when president Obama was of course president, and I don't remember the year, but it was um, uh, was it uh, was uh, brother was a Henry Louis Gates and uh, another uh, officer had taken him down or had uh, racially profiled Henry Louis Gates, and then uh, President Obama brought them to the White House to meet over I don't was it a beer or whatever it was, um, and I don't know if she was trying to look at it from that perspective. I mean, initially that that was my thought. The other thought was, I, I don't know, maybe she, maybe from her perspective, you know, she's an educator, uh, right? But I don't know, maybe from her perspective, everybody's a winner, so everybody gets a trophy. I don't know. I'm just saying that's how I thought about it initially. But my initial thought was like, no, we can't, we can't do that. That's not fair to LSU. LSU won the national championship. When you win the national championship, that's part of the deal is that you get invited to the White House. The loser does not get to come. Uh, you know, so that that was my initial thought. But with respect to the game, and again, I did not have a chance to see the game. And again, I'm going to say it again. I think it's unfortunate that the HBCU All-Star Game and the Women's National Championship were going on at the same time. Like, those are two entities meaning HBCU and women's college basketball that are fighting for space okay we know the men reign supreme the men are going to be seen the men's tournament makes an inordinate amount of money it's all about the men's tournament I mean maybe not until not this year per se but I'm saying generally speaking so why pit to the HBCU all-star game and the women's game at the same time makes no sense that's it, because I didn't see it. That's it. I did think initially, okay, and again, you have to look at everything in context, but I can only put it in the context from where it started for me. That I, I thought Angel Reese did go a little bit over the top. I thought so. 
uh, because I know a lot of people and just from and and this is where I base this from what I've seen on on how people have reacted on social media. Okay, because people have said, well, look when Caitlin Clark did it and she did the 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 John Cena you can't see me deal uh, to I forget who the opposition was that Iowa was playing may have been the previous week and Angel Reese repeated it to Caitlin Clark. Um, but it's fine. That was fine. I mean, that's fine. But I think she did it a couple of times. I mean, and sort of right in her face where I don't think Caitlin Clark's you can't see me gesture was right in the face of a, a specific player. Okay. So a little bit of trash talking is cool. I do think that Angel Reese did go over the top with that. That said, I think some of the backlash that we've seen on social media uh, from a race perspective, and uh, I think it's just been outrageous, okay? Um, And again, there is a double standard. While I do think that she went over the top, there's no doubt a double standard because had this been the reverse, we, we wouldn't be talking about it the way we are talking about it because it was a black young lady who is a star even outside of the basketball court, it's a really good player, a star. Even outside, has got, uh, I'm assuming, a good NIL deal. She's, a, she's an aspiring rapper. All of those things, right? And because she's black, a black woman, a black young lady, that we're looking at it from this perspective. But there's a lot of backlash from it. I think she, again, a little bit too much for me. Um, and again, that's just for me. And I see the comparisons. Like I see people comparing. I, 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 it's a little bit different. Caitlin Clark's was a little bit different. But the response has not. I, ha- I haven't agreed with a lot of the responses at all. And I think they have come. And I think she's been outspoken about this. We'll talk a little bit more about this throughout the course of today's program. We're going to keep things moving here on Box to Row. And, you know, we do this each and every year. We talk with some of the top collegiate players, specifically at HBCUs, hoping to hear their name called in the National Football League draft and at the top of the list as a young man, two-time HBCU All-American. And, as a matter of fact, going back to the 2021 season, he was the Willie Davis defensive player of the year from Florida A&M. Isaiah Land joins us here on Box to Row. What's going on, Isaiah? What's going on, man? Not much. Uh, everything is good here. I, I, I got to assume it's good with you as you make preparations for the draft or for the, the national, not just for the draft, but for the National Football League as a whole. Just kind of how, how are things progressing with you you know, in that space in terms of preparation for the National Football League? Well, right now I'm just, uh, since Pro Day's over, I'm just working out um, now well, a little bit harder because I'm trying to get in uh, football shape for whatever team that calls me. I, I'll be ready for mini camp. But um, the process really just been really long these last couple months, just a lot of interviews and uh, meetings with people and um, just training for the combine and Pro Day. But now that those two are over, it's time to like turn it up and get ready for some football training. Yep, you were one of two players from HBCUs that participated in this year's uh, NFL Combine. What was that experience like for you? Uh, 
it was a, it was amazing. It was uh, I was really honored to be there, uh, to be one of the few HBCU guys there, and like it just um was an eye opener for me, like being around like all the top players in the country and stuff like that, and uh, it felt special because I could never like even at the Reese's Bowl, whenever they like you know I think at the Reese's Bowl. Uh, most of the dudes who was at the combine was at the Reese's Bowl with me, so we all met each other at the Reese's Bowl. And like, they, I like, they gained a lot of respect for me when they saw I had that FAMU jersey on. We had the little parade. We all had our jerseys on and stuff. And they saw like me and Aubrey Miller was the only two HBCU dudes there, so they kind of like um, gathered around us, you know, made like singing a little swag song and stuff like that. So it's like. It's like a big family, you know. We all good football players, so we all will have the same respect for each other. But it was like when they when they when they saw me with that, uh, they know I come from HBCU, so they were just like supporting me because they knew how big it was for me, basically. Yeah, what did it mean to you to be one of two representatives um, from an HBC? Well, you you kind of mentioned that already, but that's got to be really special, right? Like we know in terms of where HBCUs are, it's it's really hot. Uh, right now, a lot of talk related to HBCUs, man. That had to make you feel super proud to put on that FAMU jersey and to represent HBCUs. Yeah, it definitely did, and it kind of put a chip on my shoulder, like uh, during the drills and the combine, because I didn't want to be like you know messing up on the drills and stuff. Because I wanted to represent HBCUs at the highest level, so I just wanted to put my best foot forward whenever I perform during the combine or in the Reese's Bowl. Former Florida A&M. Defensive end slash linebacker Isaiah Land looking to hear his name called in the NFL draft in a couple of weeks as he joins us here on Box to Row. The Reese's the Reese's Senior Bowl. What, what was that? What was that experience like? I know that came prior to the uh, NFL Combine, but what was that like for you? Um, it really was. Well, the first day of practice was probably, like, before I got out on the field, I was, that was probably the only day I was, like, a little nervous because I didn't know what to expect. Like, I never got a chance, you know, to play against all the best FBS players all at once, you know. So, it was, um, it was, it was a little nerve-wracking at first. But once I got on the field, like, it was like, it let me know that I belong here at this level and stuff like that. So, um, it felt good being able to compete with them and, like, make plays with, like, some of the best players coming into the draft and stuff like that because it gave me a lot of confidence going into the combine as well because it showed me I'm just as, you know, strong, fast, and athletic as, a, as the other top players in the country. More with Isaiah Land after this small pause for the cause. This is Box to Row. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. That, of course, the voice of Bianca Belair. EST is in the building. That's what Sasha Banks and I are going to do. We're going to uh, WrestleMania. We're going to create history. We're going to be the first two black females to have a title match at WrestleMania. I would say representation is it's not a requirement. It's a requirement, and I'm going to, to try to become SmackDown Miss Champion. But it's more than just creating a moment and becoming a champion. Just by us standing in the ring, we are representation for women and for Black women. And so that's an amazing feeling to be able to be that, be that person and be on that platform and the grand estate of them all and, and be able to create history. It's just, it's an honor. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, 
and know that you're gonna be, uh, you know, they're gonna cheer for you as loud as they can, no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, it's really focused, just really, you know, excited. Rob Manfred is the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Players that have been accused in their career of using performance-enhancing drugs, should they be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? I'm going to focus on one word in your question, okay? Accused. Players who have tested positive or there's otherwise been real solid proof that they were involved with performance-enhancing drugs, I think that Hall of Fame writers are entitled to make their own judgment about those players as to whether they think that performance-enhancing drugs or their use of performance-enhancing drugs should prevent them from being in the Hall of Fame. You cannot determine who used performance-enhancing drugs by the way a player looks. It's simply not possible. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you get to encouraging people to be better and do better and, and that's what i love man so thank you i appreciate you i'm talking about none other than common well i ended up in fam just because i wanted to major in business and fam you had the illustrious school of business then i found out that business was the key that's what i wanted to do nba all-star chris paul that was great to bring it back to one salem state university uh black college something that my city had never seen before may never see again and just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melogs. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. He is Stephen A. Smith. Congratulations on all the things y'all have done. Congratulations. Keep up the hard work. Winston-Salem State, where I had an absolute ball. The only part that was bad uh, was the basketball because my first year there, I cracked my kneecap in half. If I had one thing that I could do over, it would be that I would be there 100% healthy so I could really showcase what I could do. But outside of that, there's absolutely nothing that I would have changed. It was the greatest years of my life. Simone Biles. I guess I just go in there with a positive, open mind of just doing what we do in training and going out there and doing the best that we can do and just have fun with it. I didn't really think of the outcome, but I knew that we had been training hard and we were we were just ready. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. All, all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Still, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division One. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's From the Press Box to Press Row, real, relevant, radio. 
Welcome back to Box to Row. We're talking with Isaiah Land, formerly of Florida A&M, hoping to hear his name called in the National Football League draft in a couple of weeks. And that's the thing. Like, I think you hit it right on the head because we, we can look at all the measurables and everybody wants to look at how fast you run the 40 and, you know, how much you can bench press and all of these things, which, which, are, which are cool. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if you have the numbers and you make plays, you make plays. And you did this just that, two tackles in the game, a, a tackle and a half for loss, and also a sack uh, in the Reese's Senior Bowl. Yes, sir. Had to feel good? Yeah, uh, it felt great. Uh, I had played inside linebacker most of the game. I never really played inside linebacker in the game before. So that was, like, new for me, but at the same time, I remember, like, telling, like, scouts before the game and stuff that, like, I always wanted to – like, I always felt like I had the athleticism to play inside and outside linebacker. So, so that when I had got that chance, I just took it as an opportunity for me to, like, show my athleticism and my versatility. And then um, towards the end of the game, like, the outside linebacker coach, he noticed that I didn't have any – I didn't get any chances to pass rush yet. So he had um, got me on one of the rotations, which was probably, like, the last chance to go – pass rush because it was coming to the end of the game and it was like third and 19 or something and they ran like a, a running back draw then the next play they ran they they passed the ball on fourth down and I went and got me a sack on my first pass rush so it felt good to like show that I could like you know I could come I could be explosive against top players and and do what I do best um, against the top players in the country. Former fam you star and HBCU All-American Isaiah Land joining us here on the program. How how much did you follow James Houston and what he was able to accomplish this year? Six round draft pick got, mm. as you know, got cut, signed the next day back. What is that? August thirty first. Didn't play until the week of Thanksgiving, and then finished mm-hmm. the season with like eight sacks in just six games. How, how much did you follow what he was doing last year? Yeah, what he did really helped me. Like impact. It really impacted like my like my my confidence at the senior bowl because like even if I messed up or I lost a rep, I used to be like, you know, I could I could like I never I never dwell on a lost rep. So it was like, man, next play and like and then like I know what James Houston did at the NFL and this is higher. This the NFL is higher than the senior bowl. So like just him going and like fighting like adversity and just coming back and doing what he did and finishing strong, that's what I was thinking about the whole time. I was like even if I don't, you know, dominate the way I want um, right now, I know in the long run I can still, you know, do what I need to do to be successful. So I was just taking every experience as a learning experience to get better. And I wasn't really worried on, like, I wasn't worried about, like, success at that moment. I was just worried about, you know, just learning and becoming a better football player. I wasn't like, oh, if I don't make, a, if I don't make no plays this week, then it might be over. Because I know, you know, James Houston came back second half of the season and, and led and led uh, rookies, uh, the rookies and sacks on his team, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. Yeah, no, no, it was definitely big for him. I mentioned measurables. Right now, there is one measurable I got to speak to you about. Like, during the season, what were you playing at? 215? You're 236 now. But that's a, that's a considerable amount <laughs> of weight to have put yeah. on. Kind of speak to that, and I know that's something that you know, a lot of a lot of scouts maybe were saying, and a lot of NFL personnel were saying to you, "Hey, you you know, put put on a little a little bit of weight, but you've been able to carry that well and not lose any of your quickness." Yeah, um, I'm really happy. I'm I finally got to this weight because 
the whole time through college, even during 21 season, like I was always an undersized defensive lineman. So, like that kind of like made me play a little harder, cause knowing cause I was had I had a disadvantage whenever I lined up on Saturday. So now that I'm like at the even playing field, it feels good that I could like move around and still have my same athleticism with with just more strength and um, more weight on me. So, cause I know my flag from the scouts was um, if I could get to the 230s, cause I never touched the 230s yet. So. That was like the the main box that I didn't check was if he could put on the weight. So, like at the pro, at the pro day and stuff, it was like the, the the scouts was congratulating on me and like on keeping my weight and stuff like that from the from the combine till now. Because at the combine I was two thirty six and I was two thirty five at pro day, so that shows I could like keep the weight. And um, they was like congratulating me and stuff because I was like my main red flag, and it, it just feels good to be at my goal. And it's like. I, would, I used to rush it in college and stuff and worry about it, but I remember, like, Coach Rowe telling me one day before practice, like, you know, you got to live for it. Just the, the weight going to come. Just play good football. And when when you go train, somebody's going to invest in you, and you're going gonna to get that weight on. So that's exactly what I did, and it's finally here. And it's like it came just when I needed it, when it's time to play, you know, at the next level. It's not like I was, I was able to do what I did underweight, you know, in college. So where it really mattered was right now, and I finally got to it right when I needed to, so it feels good. couple of more thoughts with Isaiah Land, former Florida A&M star, two-time HBCU All-American who joins us here on the program. I mean, speak to the speak to the pro day. A lot of times you have these pro days and you'll, you know, you'll be, I mean, you in essence were the headliner, but I mean, that's fine. But there's a lot of other stars out there. Xavier Smith was there. Bowler mm-hmm. was there. Chris Fadul. Like, that's a star study. You're talking about a lot of HBCU All-Americans just out of Florida A&M. So speak yep. to that pro day, how, how first of all, how you fared, and then being with some of your other teammates who are getting pro looks, and then some of those other guys that may be able to get looks because of the names that the, the guys like you have. I mean, that's a blessing because we all, we all was here Coach Simmons' first year here at FAMU, and it's crazy how we have, like, this this class has, like, a, so many All-Americans because Coach Simmons helped build it. So, first, that feels, like, special to be a part of that because most of us came here straight out of high school um, that's leaving this class. And then, um, second of all, like, it just shows how, like, the FAMU culture has changed because, like, we got some guys that's coming up behind us that's going to do big things, too, and who are going to be All-Americans, so... It just shows how, like, we went from, you know, we just had Bell last year as, like, a main, you know, headline guy. Now we got me and Zay. And then we got Fedor, too, me, Zay, and Fedor. And then you got even more people coming next year. And it's, like, not even just the main headline guys. You got, like, guys up on the side, you know, like Savion Williams and Pico and, and B.J. Bowler and stuff like that. So it's just it's an honor to be a part of, like, the, the top-tier players to come out of FAMU after being like a scout team guy coming in as a freshman and being like one of the, the smallest defense alignment on the team and stuff like that. So it just feels good. And then what, Xavier Smith, what, he ran a 4.38 on the pro day? Yeah, yeah. He's not, I already, I, I, it's crazy because I always tell scouts, like they always ask me, you know, what you think about Zay Smith. And Zay, like he, he's just as good, you know, as the top players you see in the draft, like a Tank Dale, all those guys, Demario Douglas, like I see him playing at the same level as all of them, even like Zay Flowers and, you know, Jordan Addison. Like, I see Zay right up there with them. So, it's like, if, I, if Zay was the coach of the senior bowl, if he was at the senior bowl, he probably would have went harder than me, like, in all honesty, like, 
But they one of those players, you're going to wake them up sooner than later. And then can you elaborate a little bit more? I know I asked you about this um, last year, but can you elaborate as to why you stayed? Like, so as, as a lot of people know, Florida A&M did not play in 2020 uh, because or, or 21 for that matter, spring of 21 because uh, of the pandemic. Yet you decided to stay. You, you could have gone just about anywhere. What made you stay and sit out a year to come back the next two years to play at Florida A&M? It really was like, uh, like I remember my main thing was like, I remember like um, in high school, it was like probably a week before signing day and I still had no offers um, that I could like have a scholarship to go to school. And I remember like, like I was like, whatever school, give me a chance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make every other school regret, you know, not picking me up and stuff like that. Because my school, one of them high schools were like, Every school in the country gonna walk through there at least once before the year is over with. Cause we, I went to a big time high school, so it was just like I, I was thinking about that as all these big schools that I always dreamed of going to was like hitting my line, blowing my phone up, and stuff like that. And also like it was really like the main thing I was gonna I was gonna leave was because I felt like they was overlooking HBCU guys in the draft and stuff like that, and I wanted to have a chance to get my name called in the draft. Because if I'm like a, you know, if they call me a top player in the country, I wouldn't have the same chance of getting drafted as any other top player in the country. So that was like another reason. They're like, oh, like scouts and stuff telling me, you know, like you're going to get the invite to your bowl games and combine and stuff. Just keep playing good ball. And at the combine and races bowl where you could, you know, raise your stock up and have a chance to get drafted. But don't worry about moving schools to try to get drafted because, Anything can happen if you lead to a new school and, you know, start fresh so late in your college career. So I just took their advice and um, end up staying. Yeah, 21 teams at your at your pro day, which is absolutely um, which is absolutely phenomenal. Last couple of thoughts. What What is sort of the a, a typical day for you in terms of your training? What does that look like? Um, usually we have two a day. So we'll come in early in the morning and do, like, speed day and move around a little bit, a little uh, speed training and, and run around. And then later in the day, probably three or four hours later, we come back and we do leg day. And then we do that probably twice a week. Then we do upper body um, probably twice a week. But we do a lot of speed training while while we lifting because uh, while I'm putting the weight on, they want me to still be able, you know, to move, move and keep my athleticism. So... Like, while I was putting on those 20 pounds in such a short of time, like, we was running around so much that, like, it wasn't like the weight was, like, was like slowing me down because every day I was running. So, it was like I was able to keep, like, keep, the, keep up with my weight, basically. So, really, it's just a lot of speed work, a lot of sleeping, and a lot of healthy eating, really. Yeah, former H, uh, former Florida A&M star, two-time HBCU All-American, was the best player in best defensive player in all of FCS during the 2021 season. He's from Buffalo, Isaiah Land, joining us here on Boxed Row, hoping to hear his name called in the National Football League draft in a couple of weeks. Isaiah, see you putting in the work, man. Uh, we really appreciate the time. Continued success, and we hope to hear your name called in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. Thank you. Isaiah Land, again, hoping to hear his name called in next week's National Football League draft. Joining us here on Box to Row. You know who he reminds me of a little bit? And I think North Carolina A&T um, 
uh, fans will appreciate this a bit, but he was, but Isaiah was much more productive. But Daryl Johnson, right, like a guy that was kind of thin, playing that defensive end uh, position, put on some weight, uh, was invited to the uh, combine, ended up getting drafted. I don't know where. I don't know if Daryl's in, um, maybe in Carolina now. I'm not not a hundred percent sure. Uh, but the numbers speak for themselves. Yeah, I go back to the, you know, the numbers may not as much last year, uh, but a lot of that was because he missed the first couple of games. Um, but he had some tremendous numbers going back to 2021, like what, 25 and a half tackles for loss, double well into the double digits in terms of sacks. So, I mean, the guy can play, did well, I think, at the combine, produced in the Reese's uh, Senior Bowl. And uh, so it's a guy that I definitely think we'll hear his name called. And, of course, we'll talk with other potential players that uh, hope to hear their name called in the National Football League draft in a couple of weeks. We'll be right back. Has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? We can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents or having to waste time showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your house to foreclosure. If you have equity in your home, we'll buy your home and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call now before your situation gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just need anymore and get the cash you need today. Call this number now. Call 800-507-3116. 800-507-3116. That's 800-507-3116. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? low-cost airlines with one call to low-cost airlines you'll drastically slash your travel costs we're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations where would you like to go london rome costa rica australia wow that's cheap so why wait call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the u.s or international our prices are so low we can't publish them the only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airline travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-303-3398. 800-303-3398. That's 800-303-3398. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. We're back here on Box to Row. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with Isaiah Land, now formerly of Florida A&M, two-time HBCU All-American, and was voted the best defensive player in all of FCS going back to the 2021 season. He was an NFL scouting combine participant, also participated in the Senior Bowl, so I had a couple of minutes with him today on the program. If you want to react to anything that Isaiah Land had to say, hit us up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on my personal Twitter account, at dware one at 
D-Ware won. So, again, and I, I don't, listen, I don't want to make this all about Angel Reese, but a lot of this um, is, you know, she's gone on various programs and has said various things. And one of the things that um, she did say that I, I just I just don't agree with it, and I get it. We're, we were all young at one time and defiant. Believe me, I'm still that way in a lot of respects, right? But I, I remember being 20. I think she's 20 years old. I was 20. And I uh, remember just being defiant, whatever it was. And, and, and even more specifically, as far as race is concerned, defiant. I got it. Been there. Done that, right? But I thought one of the things that was interesting, she went on the I Am Athlete podcast hosted by Brandon Marshall and Ashley Nicole Moss and was quoted as saying uh, in with respect to First Lady Jill Biden's comments suggesting that Iowa also come to the uh, to the White House as well, um, which, again, she's walked back. The First Lady has walked those comments back. Um Whatever the reason, whether the firestorm came, whether somebody maybe, you know, somebody said to her, nah, that's not how this thing works. And again, as I pointed out, I'm not even sure why she did it in the first place. Again, my initial thought was maybe she was trying to bring Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark together. Maybe she thought everybody should get a trophy. I don't know. But she's walked those comments, whatever the reason, she's walked them back. But now this is what Angel Reese said on the I Am Athlete podcast. Quote, I don't accept the apology because you said what you said. You can't go back on certain things that you say. They can have that spotlight. We'll go to the Obamas. We'll go see Michelle. We'll go see Barack. Really? Uh, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> That's not how that works. That didn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, and again, to me, that's sort of adding fuel to the fire. I get it. She's defiant. She's young. You know, things are happening for her. She's in the moment. She's hot. She's saying what's on her mind. You know, it, it, you know, she's got, you know, a certain uh, 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 certain people behind her. So you feel like you're 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 empowered to say what you want to say I, that I don't agree with. OK, first of all, you spoken for the university. Uh, um, and by the way. Um, she also went on to say that, right, she went on to say that, they, well, she went on to she said they weren't going to go. So as a team, so two things here. You've spoken for LSU as a university. That's number one. Not, that's, I, you know, and again, to me, that's part of the issue with NIL. Now, not only do student athletes have money which is which is, I, I'm all for paying student athletes like I'm, I, I believe they should get some money I just don't know the the this is the way to do it because not all athletes are getting not all student athletes are getting money so we're, we're still back to um, now just certain athletes student athletes are getting money not all student athletes are getting money but money's one thing I'm not even talking about the money aspect that's one part of it but now we're talking about student athletes having more power than they should have, right? And you, you can say what you want, okay? I disagree with what she's saying 
wholeheartedly. You don't speak for LSU. I, listen, I'm a former, I've been in athletic administration. I was in athletic administration for six years, back in the day, as they say. You don't speak for the university, and, and on the PR side, I, I might add. You don't speak for the university, okay? Um, you don't speak for the Obamas. Like, like really? I, okay, really? I mean, you talk with them, and, and even if you had, why would you say that? That's doing a little bit too much. It's like, almost like, it's almost like feels like, well, you're not the Obamas, meaning First Lady Biden. You're not the Obamas. The Obamas were for us and all that. And like that, that, that's just too much for me. I, I, I and, and again, now this I, it, maybe she sense maybe she I doubt she'll walk those comments back because she does just doesn't seem like the kind that would do that. All those maybe somebody advises her to walk those comments back because that's not a good look. To me, okay, express yourself, be young, be defiant, all of those things, you know, um, but because that's the other thing, like, is she signed to rock? I think is she signed to rock nation? I think so. Now you've got that murky water of it's like pro sports, you know, in pro sports, you've got an agent. You may also have a publicist. But then you have the team uh, media relations, okay, or, or people that handle the communications aspect, which includes, um, you know, it, you know, interviews and putting out information, all of those kind of things. Well, it really shouldn't be. And, 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 and I guess I'm getting into something that's a little bit bigger than even Angel Reese. I'm, I'm using, I guess, her comments. I'm, we're, we're talking about her right now, but I also want to talk about something broader as well. And that's this. That we're getting into murky waters now with the NIL where perhaps, and I don't know this for a fact, that these student athletes now have their own publicists also. And so how does that play in to how a university and specifically an athletics communications uh, department at a university handle comments, handle requests? All of those kind of things. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it may not be the worst thing because maybe, right, like if I put in, an, in, a, in a request or another medium puts in a request that maybe an athletics communications department doesn't honor, but maybe the student athletes publicist honors. Like we're getting into those kind of murky waters with the NIL. This is just an example uh, of that, if you can't, if you haven't been able to tell by now, you're just um, tuning into the program maybe for the first time. I am an uh, I am opposed to NIL, uh, the transfer portal also, where a lot of the times those two things are linked together. Okay, but now we're getting into some murky water. So I don't agree with those comments at all. You're speaking for LSU. You're speaking for the Obamas, at least. Last I read, uh, the Obamas hadn't commented on that, and they should not comment on it. Uh, if I was advising them, I wouldn't. I would no. I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, we are the Obamas. I, I get it. Angel Reese's. No, these are the Obamas, right? Like, nah. nah I'm not going to comment on that. Okay, but um, look, I, I, I get it. She's, um, you know, in the moment, expressing herself, saying what she feels, and. That's fine, but I just I just feel like uh, 
you know, LSU athletics communications may want to step in here uh, a little bit. Maybe it has. And she says what she wants because you don't really control like. I don't know. Maybe there is some control to a certain degree over the student athletes uh, with respect mostly to professional sports. There's no the, the, the professional athletes do what they want. If they want to do something, they'll do it. They don't want to do it. They won't do it. OK, but, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, you know, and I, and I guess I mean, this, you know, again, we can talk about all of these things as it relates to NIL and it's great. This is amateur athletics at the end of the day that you're trying to make pro sports, which we already have pro sports. That's why it's pro sports. So, you know, again, all of these other things and, you know, it, it's just murky waters to me. But again, I didn't agree with with that part of it um, at all with what Angel Reese had to say. But again, do your thing. Angel, do your thing. Right. Like, do your thing. I mean, you, you, you know, you it's fine. I mean, it's, it, you know, you, you do what you want to do. I mean, people are going to agree with it. They're going to disagree with it. Doesn't matter if I agree with it or not. You know, you do what you do. I just, you know, I'm just talking to you all as the audience. That's just not, I just don't agree with it. I'd like to get your thoughts. What do you think about a, the whole situation, Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark, B, the uh, first lady, Jill Biden aspect, and then see what I just talked about with the comments that Angel Reese said, well, she doesn't accept the first lady's apology. We're not going to the White House. We'll go see. Uh, and, and, and look, she said Michelle and Barack. <laughs> I mean, no, that's that's uh, that is uh, President Barack Obama and first lady. Michelle Obama so that that's uh, that that's a yeah no nah, we doing I think we <laughs> on that one you know those comments we're doing I think a little bit uh, too much but again you know I don't know you're in the moment you you know whatever but I, I just don't agree with them. your thoughts what do you think about again the whole situation with uh, Clark and Reese uh, B First Lady Biden's comments and then walking in even walking those back and then see the the comments that uh, Angel Reese made on the I Am Athlete podcast. We can take this off the air. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row B O X T O R O W or on my personal Twitter account at D One at D One. I gotta get ready to run here on Box to Row. Thank you to Isaiah Land for joining us today here on. The program. Listen, I want to remind you about our project, Radio Boss. Podcasts um, on on the Radio Boss website of conversations over the years with many athletes, with many uh, politicians, for that matter, with many also entertainers. Radio-boss.com for more information on our Radio, our project, Radio Boss, and those podcasts. And of course, for more information on Box to Row, log on to our website, boxtorow.com. And always remember to support those that support. Yo, Box to Row is produced by DW Communications.